the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 112. And Joey, I think one of us today has a new phone. Mickey Papalong is a cell phone junkie. I did make the switch, and I am over with AT&T. As the rumor has been going, I did order a Centro. So I guess I would compare it to something like Mobile Utopia. Worst battery life ever. All right, we ready? Recording. Here we go. A possible Sprint buyout, some Windows Mobile 6.1 upgrades, and has Mickey got his iPhone 3G yet? I am Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. And Joey, we've got some good stuff to talk about here today. Before we get into our news section, first of all, I did get my iPhone 3G finally. More on that in just a minute here. Uh, but uh, first, I want to talk about a, another new fun device I got this week, and that was the Jawbone Bluetooth headset. That's actually the original Jawbone, and uh, I got a deal on it through Amazon. They, they were blowing them out. I think it was $59 for them. And just, uh, you know, I gave, I gave a call to you, I think it was on Wednesday, and after uh, a little bit of fiddling with it to try and get the right uh, earpiece and, and uh, right hook and loop and everything on it, uh, what did you think? How did it sound to you, in your opinion? Sounded pretty good, Mickey. It was over a cell phone connection, so it's a little harder to tell uh, sometimes. But uh, it was definitely canceling out a lot of the noise that you had in the background that you were artificially in- introducing with your uh, stereo. And I could not hear uh, any of it. And uh, once you switched back to your phone handset, I, it was quite a bit uh, more distracting than it was when you were on the headset. So what are your impressions of it so far? Well, so far, I, I think it's fine. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it. Um, I wouldn't call it like the best thing since sliced bread or anything like that. It is certainly sounds like you're talking on a headset when you're talking on it, and the wind cancellation on it is uh, non-existent. I think is a good way to put it. Driving in a car with the air conditioning on your face, which I occasionally do here in Arizona, because it gets warm here in the summer times, of course, and. They, um, I've had, I've had comments on that. So that's one thing that I think still needs a little bit of work. I don't know if they've addressed that in the second version. I haven't had a chance to try that one out yet, but I was looking for something different and I've got a number of Plantronics and Jabra headsets. And so I thought I'd take a look at a Jawbone. And like I said, I got a good deal on it through Amazon. And so, so for the most part, I'm, I'm happy with it as far as the cancellation of, of road noise and, and whatnot. That's good. It's just the wind noise is kind of where I think it's falling down at this point. So, so, so then are you going to keep it? Are you going to just use it as your primary headset all the time now? Or are you just going to basically just use your phone, you know, just handheld phone and just not, not use the uh, Bluetooth? Well, I, I, I'm a big proponent of Bluetooth. Obviously, I'm, I really think driving safe and whether or not it's a law in your state or not is is a good thing to do. I would definitely recommend anyone looking into Bluetooth for, especially when they're driving. So I always keep a Bluetooth headset with me in my car. And I think the Jawbone will be that model. Now I had a previously had been using a Jabra. Um, and that one I was, I don't know. It it was just, it was picking up so much noise. I felt like, uh, I almost felt guilty when I was talking on it, you know? Um, but I've got some, I've got, I got 
headsets all over the place. So I'll use them, you know, one at home, one at, I've got one at the office if I need to make a long call there or whatever. And then of course one in the car. And so I just kind of keep them all around and, and use them however I feel. But, um, I, I will certainly use it on a regular basis as my in-car headset. And so if you're interested in it, you can check them out. There's actually a neat little video that Jawbone put together that shows how the cancellation of the noise works. It's like a guy standing there in a field as they're running leaf blowers around him and some uh, stuff in a car, I think, too. I, I don't remember all the different scenarios, but it's working pretty good. And so uh, a fun little device, at least to try out. So um, yeah, that's, that's a great know. deal for 50 bucks. I, I, that's what I spent for the uh, Plantronics one that I have, the 815. Uh, I'm very happy with that one so far. Obviously, it does pick up the background noise and mm-hmm. uh, wind noise and stuff, but it's it, it does a pretty good job of uh, reducing it and canceling it out uh, to, to some extent, so I can I can hold a conversation in an area where I, I could not hold it with just the Centro by itself. Sure, sure, and that's and that's I think one of the most important things is is enhancing the sound quality, and so that's good. It's good to hear that yours is working well for you. Well, let's move on here. Um, next thing I wanted to talk about was the Samsung Instinct. And of course, this phone has has done very, very well for Sprint over the last few months since its release. And I was lucky enough this week to get my hands on one uh, provided by the PR department over at Sprint. I've, I've started a relationship with them and will hopefully be getting um, another device out this week that I will get to test out and hopefully get a review up here. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, but um, the Instinct was the first device that I got to try out. And so if you head over to mickeypapillon.com, <clears throat> you can read all of my, my impressions and, and whatnot on it. So, um, Joey, it's, it's a pretty neat device. Um, I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I think they've done a really good job in incorporating um, some of the things that, that were, uh, people are, are looking for now. You know, they're looking for a phone that has a touchscreen on it. They're looking for, um, obviously, a lot of multimedia capabilities. And I think overall, they're just looking for something different than your typical phone. And the Instinct definitely has that. Um, it's not without its, um, its issues. I did have uh, some strange RF things with it. I'm not really sure why, but the phone seemed to be constantly bouncing around in signal strength. Um, I, I never necessarily had an issue while on a call. Um, but it would it, it was like it was switching back and forth. In fact, in my review, um, you'll see a, a screenshot of my phone sitting next to the um, uh, a picture of the screen while it's next to my Sprint Air Card that I have for my laptop, and the Air Card showing almost full service, and, and the Sprint the Samsung is is showing nothing. I mean, it's like one little bar. It's basically you know non-existent. But um, other than that, I mean, we again. Uh, Talking about sound quality, of course, I, you're kind of my barometer for a lot of these. I gave you a call on, on, I think it was Wednesday when I had it, and I was out walking around and I think was, I said, made a comment of like, oh, you know, I'm sorry about the background noise. And, and what did you say? So, I mean, you said it was pretty good. Like, it was nothing. the same as, yeah, it was the same as when you were sitting in your quiet office. It did not change. So it, uh, it seems to have pretty good noise cancellation as far as the phone quality goes. So mm-hmm. I, I, that was pretty impressive. Uh, the data and internet on it w- worked very well. Sprint EVDO Reve network here in Phoenix Market worked very well for me. The uh, the one issue I did have was when the phone, uh, because the, the strength was quite poor on it, it would switch from Sprint over to Verizon. And then, of course, you, only, you get throttled down to a 1x RTT speed for the data with that. Um, so that was a little annoying, but yeah, it's too bad. You're not in an all tail area where it will roam onto EVDO. Like I experienced a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, that is true. That is um, that's one of those things that I it just it's kind of I guess the agreement that they've set up is that if you're when you roam on the Verizon that, that, that you don't get that higher speed. At least that's the case here in in the Phoenix market. But um, you know, and the hardware itself is um, I've got some pictures of it next to various devices, um, very similar in size, uh, in length to the iPhone, a little bit uh, thinner, a little bit. Uh, slimmer and uh, but the screen itself I think is a that's um, like a little over a two and a half inch screen and the iPhone's a three and a half inch screen diagonal um, so kind of gives you an idea but it, a lot of a lot of people I know have seen this phone um, I, I, but you know overall it was it was fairly snappy um, it worked very well and I I was I was happy with it uh, it's it's not a phone if you want to install applications on that you're going to probably be happy with but. They did a nice job with the sprint navigation. Worked very well. Locked on immediately, and and gave me good directions um, while I was testing it out and traveling. Live search does does a really good job. In fact, it's a voice uh, activated search, which is great. I mean, you can hit the button and just say something like um, you know. Uh, hotel, and it'll bring you up all the hotels in the area uh, and stuff like that based on your current location. So, uh, you know, my bottom line for this device is it was a great step forward in the feature phone market. Um, there are definitely room for devices such as this because people aren't always going to be looking for things like exchange integration or or installing applications on a phone or something like that. And the form factor, of course, is 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 fun. It's different. Um, you know, if you're you have to get used to typing on a, on the the screen, but once you do so, it's it works fairly well. And um, I'm not going to say better or worse than iPhone because it's just different. And I think that's about the only way that that you can look at it. So, um, Joey, any other questions for me on it before we move on? Would it be a device if you didn't need Exchange support and some of the other things? Would it be a device you'd consider going with? If I was on the Sprint network, I absolutely would. I if I was not looking for having my calendar. Um, and my contacts and my work email on it, then it certainly does everything else that I like to uh, with it and, and adds even more to it. Uh, the, the Sprint bundle of, of applications, while expensive to a certain regard, are not any more expensive than someone who's buying stuff from the iTunes store on their iPhone in many cases. And the Sprint TV, I mean, come on, you use this. This thing is fantastic, you know? Uh, and the, the radio, all the music stations and stuff, it's, it's, it's fantastic that they've thrown all that in. I, I, yeah. I, re- I really got to give them credit for that. Yeah, they do have a good media selection. No. So anyway, Sprint uh, Samsung Instinct review over at MickeyPapillon.com, linked uh, from the cellphonejunkie.com, of course, as well. And uh, look for more reviews in the future uh, as more devices come our way from Sprint. Uh, next year, we have got a giveaway, Joey. It was the second birthday of the Cell Phone Junkie this past week. July 16th is the date that we did the first show back in 2006, and we have something to give away. Now, you may be thinking, what is it going to be, a phone or a headset? Well, since uh, this show is provided every week in MP3 format, it's only fitting that we give away something that allows you to listen to the show every week. So we've got a four gigabyte Microsoft Zune, black in color here. Uh, It has never been used, and it is uh, going to be available uh, or given to the person who follows uh, the following steps um, and only by way of this podcast. So we're not going to be talking about this at all on the website or on Twitter or anything like that. So if you're listening to this show uh, between now, which is July 20th, 2008, 
And next uh, Sunday, which will be the uh, will be the twenty eighth or twenty seventh, excuse me, July twenty seventh, two thousand and eight. Um, before we record the show, this is what you need to do to be uh, entered in to win this uh, this four gigabyte Zoom. Head over to thecellphonejunkie.com, go into the show notes for the Cell Phone Junkie Show number one twelve, and make a comment as to why you need to have this four gigabyte Zune. Whether it's you have to listen to the show on the phone every week and you're looking for a better way to do it because you don't have an MP3 player, or whatever it is, put in there why you're a cell phone junkie and why you would like to have this four gigabyte black Microsoft Zune uh, between now and, like I said, the 27th of July 2008. And we will choose one random person from all the comments and that person will get the device uh, shipped out after that. So uh, happy two years to the cell phone junkie and uh, have a new way to listen to it if you are the winner of this contest. Last year before the news, Joey, the uh, the podcast survey that we've talked about over the you know, the past, I don't know, I guess it's maybe been two months, is still going on. And uh, just wanted to mention it again. If you go to thecellphonejunkie.com and on the right side of the page, you'll see a banner that says, uh, take our audience survey, click here. Now, what's different now is that the hosting service for the, 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 the podcast, Libsyn, has decided that they are going to throw in a prize. And so for everybody who takes the survey between now and August 30th, one person who enters in their email address at the end of the survey will win an iPod Touch. Uh, details can be found by going over to uh, uh, to Libsyn.com. Actually, it's wizard.tv, and that's where the survey comes, comes out of. Uh, the, the winner will be announced on the 15th of September. So if you haven't already, head over, to, like I said, to the Cell Phone Junkie, and then you can go to the link on the right side that will get you over to the survey. And uh, unfortunately, if you've already taken it, I, I, don't, I don't think uh, th- those entries count. But I do believe, because I tried it, you can go back in and, and take the survey again, and that will give, uh, that will give uh, your, you an opportunity to enter in your email address and be entered into the, uh, uh, the contest here to win the iPod Touch. So uh, a nice little uh, kickback there from the, the Libsyn folks trying to get more people to take the surveys for all of us podcasters. So let's hop into some news here, and uh, let's talk about the iPhone a little bit. I did get mine this week. Um, it was not as easy as I thought it was going to be. It was There were still lines uh, all over the place, and so it wasn't like I could just pop over to an Apple store. I, I made countless calls to different stores, be it AT&T and Apple, and what I finally ended up doing is went to an, a local AT&T store um, very near my house here that didn't have any phones, obviously, but they do what's called direct fulfillment, which allows you to give them uh, your credit card and order the f- the uh, the phone, and they don't charge your card until the phone ships. And basically, what it did then is it put me on this list that put me ahead of all uh, you know all, all the the people that are you know waiting at the store, so to speak. You know, you're th- none of the AT and T stores are getting phones in right now. Only a certain allotment of, are going to the Apple stores. And so by doing this, I uh, I did this. I think it was Tuesday, and uh, Friday night I uh, got the email that said your phone is has been shipped. Saturday morning, it was done uh, priority overnight, so, and it was with Saturday delivery. So Saturday morning, I got an email saying your phone has been delivered, then got an email from AT&T saying your phone is at our, our store, and someone will be contacting you, and I actually just called them up, and they said, yep, it's here. 
So I drove in and uh, picked it up, got it uh, activated, no problems. Uh, the great thing about it, though, was that I was able to get the device for the cheaper price. I mean, for the last couple of months, I've been talking about how because I didn't, I've, I got a subsidy with the Trio, I was, I was going to have to pay the, I got the, uh, you know, I wanted to get the 16 gig, so I was going to have to pay the $500 to get it. Well, my wife, having the iPhone, had a, a, an eligibility on her account. So by going to AT&T, not only was I able to um, make this, this order for direct fulfillment, but I was able to use the eligibility on her account to then um, buy it for the $300 price. And then once it came in, essentially it was activated on her account uh, and then moved immediately to my account. And so the only thing we had to do was to get a new SIM card for her. Uh, and then as soon as I got home, I popped the new SIM card into her her iPhone, uh, plugged it back into iTunes. It did the whole activation thing. It was, it was absolutely a piece of cake. Well worth the $200 I saved, that's for sure, for you know a couple of minutes of aggravation, which wasn't even aggravation. It was just, okay, take one SIM card out, put another one in, and sync it back up. Um, activate the phone basically again. So, so that was that was a, uh, that was a great thing. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was AT and T and the guy that I worked with. Um, I, I do want to mention this was um, obviously an AT and T store here in Phoenix, and Anthony uh, was the gentleman who helped me out. And he he actually went in and he said, "Well, hey, do you have any? What company do you work for?" So I gave him my company name. He looked it up and he said, "Hey, guess what? You get a discount, nine uh, percent on your account, and uh, that's something Apple would not have done for you. In fact, they don't let you activate phones at their stores if you are a business customer, because what that does is obviously puts a discount on your your plan, and then you're considered a business customer from then on out. So I, I got the phone for two hundred dollars cheaper, and I'm saving nine percent a month now. So Joey, I really can't complain." And I chose the white version. Once I saw it, I had to have it. I think a lot of people have felt this way too. I'm showing Joey on the camera here right now. It's 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 quite the device. Um, very nice. I'm very happy to have it now. And uh, we'll be we'll be talking more about it, of course, as I get to use it over time. Here, I've only had it for essentially thirty, not even thirty six hours yet. So still trying to get used to it a bit. You know, um, so far it's it's working well. New software is buggy. I think everyone knows that. Um, I've had it crash a couple times on me already, which is, is kind of funny. I'm like, oh, geez, you know, <laughs> this is this is a software that a lot of people were going to because of the stability and the new 2.0 software is, is not quite there yet. But uh, anyway, Joey, there it is. iPhone 3G. I got it. iPhone 3G for Mickey, finally. Yep. So good time. Do you have any plans to take back yet under your return policy? I do not. Um I think I'm going to hang on to it and, and and play with it and keep using it. The 3G is working well for me. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, I've already loaded it up with, I think I've got like 14 gigs full. Um, I've just, it, it's so hard to, when you've only got a limited amount of space and I've got, uh, the, my media is, you know, half a terabyte or something now. And so it's, it's so hard to try and pare it down to that. But nonetheless, it's still, it's still a lot of fun to, to play with and, and use and, Got a whole bunch of applications on there. I've already uninstalled a lot of applications because a lot of the free ones I got were just ridiculous. Uh, nonetheless, I still, uh, you know, all I have to say is more cowbell, and I'll leave it at that. The people who've got the application know what I'm talking about. So let's talk about uh, the news that came out this week, and, and we'll fly through this here because um, a lot of it is is 
we've we've already kind of briefly touched on here. But uh, the battery life was considered to be an issue when this phone first came out. And PC World has come out with a a chart that shows that actually the iPhone 3G has better battery life than almost any other smartphone device on the market. That includes the Instinct, uh, HTC's Touch Dual, uh, and uh, Titan 2. The LG Envy, Samsung Ace, Motorola Q9, Centro, and even the Palm Trio 750. And uh, this is going off of number of uh, number of hours, looks like, that are available for talk time, I'm guessing is what this is referring to. And it shows that uh, almost six hours with the iPhone 3G. Um, I, I can tell you that uh, over the first day, of course, the battery is still getting conditioned. And so it was, I, I tell you, anyone who picks it up for the first time and uses it, you're going to be blown away how quickly it drains. But, um, you know, discharge it, charge it up a couple of times, and your battery should be fine. This is something that happens with pretty much every phone out there, so just don't be surprised. Um, But that, of course, as well as working on a Wi-Fi network and 3G and the big screen and all the media, it's just, it is what it is, and you're going to notice a bigger battery drain. And I know, Joey, you pointed that out to me yesterday as well, and because I I was a little concerned for a little bit, but kind of had to step back and you know, a rational look at it and say, okay, I'm okay. The battery life will be fine. And PC World has kind of said the same thing as well. Yeah, and just make sure you turn your brightness down uh, how, however much you can. I know there's an auto setting, and I, I think you can manually turn it down a bit too. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, once you get uh, over the uh, the newness of it, you won't quite be uh, on it so long. So it'll improve your life a little bit. <laughs> what are you saying? That all I'm doing right now is playing with my phone? Is that what That's you're- right. Well, That's you're exactly right. What I'm saying. You're absolutely right. I probably <laughs> probably had it on for a good eight hours straight yesterday. No wonder. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, moving on here, Apple uh, sold one million iPhones over the first three days of of having this device available. Uh, Sunday, it did sell its one millionth device, and also to note, uh, ten million App Store downloads occurred within the first weekend as well. So, a little popular. Yeah, there is. And there's a little uh, little advisor here that I saw on Consumerist here just locally. You have to watch out um, for the apps that you can get. I guess if you go to Google right now and type iPhone apps, first thing that comes up is a scam site, basically. That says uh, pay $25 to get the top 10 iPhone applications. And in fact, that's not true. Um, you can't get them anywhere other than iTunes. So, uh, you know, be careful of these things. Yeah, don't go to, go to the go to the app store for everything. It's gonna be it's gonna make it easy, and you're gonna actually get something for your money if you decide to get something that's paid for. So, yes, very good advisory with that. Uh, but talking about profits, uh, on another note, Apple uh, estimated three hundred and thirty million dollars in the first three days, and uh, that's unbelievable. Um, that's a lot. It's a lot of profits for one particular. Um, you know, piece of equipment that they were selling. Uh, keep in mind, I th- a lot of people were talking about potential billion dollars for the weekend, and that didn't quite get met. Um, I believe, uh, honestly, that if they would have had the device available for um, for removal and activation outside of the store, they would these would be selling a little bit quicker. But then again, we've seen how fast these things are selling, and um, we're we're 
seeing this too, that you're pretty much anywhere you go, uh, whatever state you're in that's got an Apple store, you're, you're going to have at least one, if not all, of the stores are going to be completely sold out of this device. Um, it's, it's unbelievably popular. They can't seem to keep up with the demand, or they're forcing people uh, to, you know, forcing only a certain number to be released all the time, I guess. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense in, in my book, but uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, well, it's still moving. It, it, it makes sense because they don't want to ramp up the, the, uh, the, the manufacturing as much because what happens is you have the initial launch, and if you have your capacity for manufacturing way high, basically all it does is cost you extra money. Or if you keep the manufacturing costs low by only having a, you know, you know, two or three factories produce these things uh, at whatever you know, many of units per hour that they can output, it's, it's much cheaper, much higher profit margin. That's uh, kind of what's going on with the Nintendo Wii, why it, you still don't have them just available everywhere people are just buying them buying them buying them and uh with you know what they learned with the first uh iphone they may know kind of exactly how much they want to produce every month and just keep the supply and demand at a very close very close uh margin yeah having inventory on the shelves is not generating revenue for them especially if they're ramping up production so that's a very good point um you know the 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 happy medium is is to close the store every night at nine o'clock with zero phones on the shelf and to sell the last one at eight fifty nine. Um, obviously, that's the first couple of weeks. That's not going to happen. They understand that, but you don't want to get to a point where they're you know not the stores aren't taking their regular weekly orders or uh, you know receipt of them because they don't need them. So, uh, but uh, AT and T stores too are having some issues with keeping these phones on the shelves. Obviously, I talked about direct fulfillment, and that's what they're doing pretty much at every store um, that it, that is available or ha- has that option available to it. They're saying between ten and twenty one days before the ordered phones will arrive. I guess I'll count myself as one of the lucky ones. I got mine in four days. Um, I was very happy with that. They told me a week to 10 days, and I got it in four, so that was great. Uh, of course, the uh, priority overnight shipping helped as well to get it in my hands sooner rather than later. Uh, so a, a good job in a situation that is very, very tight as far as uh, the ability to get these. So a good job at AT&T in that regard. If you're looking for one, there is a website that someone has thrown together that does a uh, kind of a search for all the places that are out there. And I'll include a link here in the show notes uh, for where you can pick up either your 816 uh, or just any sort of iPhone. Uh, There's some different options here. You type in an address and you click a radio button for what you want to get. It's from the website webmonkey.com. And this will allow you to search and find if there are any phones in your area. Uh, There's none for me. I have to go to New York City, 1,329 (laughs) miles. Are you kidding me? Not kidding. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You know, I, I don't know that uh, maybe because it's the weekend, because I mean, this is the second full weekend of this, but um, I, I would have expected. I mean, we were kind of joking about this before that you, you figured you'd be able to see these, you know, you'd be able to find something sooner rather than that. But uh, I'm, I'm having to go 716 miles to Stone Ridge Mall up in uh, Oakland. That's my closest one. So. 
Yikes. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Get it, get them if you can. Wait in line if they have them in the store, I guess, is if you're interested in getting one or do the direct fulfillment route. It worked for me. Uh, a couple other things on the iPhone. Apple has stated that turn-by-turn GPS uh, will be coming soon, uh, but copy and paste is not a high priority, something I wish uh, that they would reconsider, uh, but uh, just not something that I think they feel is going to be um, a, a big seller uh, on the phone. Also, if you're interested in unlocking and jailbreaking your device, uh, there is a tool now for any of the iPhones running the 2.0 software, and this is from the iPhone Dev Blog, and you can head over to blog.iphone-dev.org, and you can get this tool, which allows you to uh, unlock and jailbreak 2.0 devices. Uh, but for the 3G model, I think, and this this will be overcome shortly. But I think at this point, it's only jailbreaking. I think unlocking isn't quite up to up to it yet. But um, that didn't take too long. What eight days, and you're able to take your device and jailbreak it and do whatever you want with it already. So uh, some crazy programmers out there. Anyway, uh, next here, the uh, the Mobile Me service is a great service for someone looking for push email and doesn't have access to an exchange account. The Apple uh, service is offered for $100 per year. You get a 60-day free trial on it if you're interested in checking it out before actually uh, dumping in the $100 per year on it. Uh, but Apple came out this week and said that they understand that there were some issues with the initial rollout and are giving an automatic 30-day extension to MobileMe uh, subscribers free of charge. So if you are someone who either had their .Mac service that got transitioned over to MobileMe expiring here soon, you've got an extra 30 days. And for those that just signed up with it, you've got another 30 days uh, on top of the initial year that you signed up for. So uh, a nice gesture by Apple for a situation um, that the situation that they had when they initially rolled it out. Uh, talking about the cost of the iPhone briefly here, the total cost of this phone is apparently $53 less, talking about the 3G version of the iPhone, than the original. Uh, the total bill of materials and manufacturing costs, according to iSupplies, or iSupply, is $174.33. That goes through everything from all of the semiconductor stuff uh, to all the chips and everything like that, including the manufacturing cost of it. Uh, So a little bit less than the initial $224 cost of the original iPhone. AT&T is now in charge in running all of the Starbucks Wi-Fi hotspots across the country. And we talked about it, what, maybe a month ago or so, that the, the service was going to be available for free for folks running the iPhone. Well, we found out that that was uh, a rumor. And this week, they came out with a similar statement saying that it was going to be uh, available now for free again for all people running uh, the iPhone. Well, they came out again and said, just kidding. We have not made any announcement regarding the free Wi-Fi and the iPhone. The web page was posted in an error and is being removed. So I guess uh, this is a, a very, you know, <laughs> one of those cases of someone, a company crying wolf. So the next time this comes out, I'm going to have a hard time believing it. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't quite understand what's the uh, difficulty here of enabling uh, Wi-Fi access or not enabling Wi-Fi access. I mean, obviously, something's going to happen at some point. That's obvious. <laughs> it's just a matter of when. Um, and uh, they, I don't know, <laughs> just screwing this one up royally, that's all. So, 
All right. Well, 30 minutes into it, we're done with the iPhone, at least until the comments. <laughs> so let's move on, Joey. Talk a little bit about the rest of the cell phone industry. Uh, SK Telecom this week uh, had, a, had a story about them and that they were in talks with Sprint, according to the Wall Street Journal, in a potential joint venture. And uh, the talks include, uh, included, apparently, ideas about new handsets, handsets and shared services and the technology. Now, uh, this was uh, came out at the beginning of the week, and by the end of the week, SK came out and basically said that uh, they have no intentions of purchasing any majority stake in any of the wireless network operators in the U.S. They did, however, confirm that they are exploring a business and technology partnership with Sprint. So keep that in mind if you were reading about that, thinking that Sprint was going to be uh, bought out or, or uh, you know, acquired or anything like that. It's simply a partnership that uh, SK Telecom was looking with, at for them. Uh, along that, or along with those, uh, with the Sprint news, they have decided on a wireless backhaul provider. Finally, the initial launch in the Baltimore, Washington D.C., and Chicago markets for the WiMAX service will use equipment from DragonWave. It's an Ottawa-based company that makes wireless Ethernet nodes that can be arranged uh, in a in a mesh-style network. Joey, we've been talking about uh, this WiMAX, and, and in fact, I think we were talking about the backhaul side of it just a few weeks ago. Uh, some some good speeds that they're talking about delivering here with this, just kind of reiterating some of the news that we've we've heard up until now. Well, what's interesting about this is that, uh, for one thing, they're getting away from uh, which we've talked about before. Is that typically, you know, the cell towers are hooked up with a T1 line, so you get 1.5 megabits for all the phone calls, all the data. All of that. Uh, some of the busier towers will use DS3s, which are 45 megabits, um, but those are still very expensive to run either of those two lines up to a tower every month. Um, and then it's more of a physical connection as well. So now what is going on is with this particular network here, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's microwave, so it's over the air and not through wires underground. So that's going to change it dramatically one way. But it's a mesh network, so the, the, the data that's transmitting around back and forth between the towers can take different paths, depending if there's outages, depending if there's busy connections, uh, all the above. So it can, it, it's, a, it's a much much better network to have the, the backhaul running. Um, and it supplies a much faster uh, speed up to, you know, in the gigabit range, 1.6 gigabit match, uh, 800 megabit um, for these links. So it should be, uh, it should be pretty good uh, back end for their WiMAX. And I'm sure it's probably upgradable in the future, but uh, hopefully they uh, put enough capacity in on this to, uh, to meet the, the WiMAX needs. But I, I think they will. Any limitations of using this type of service that, that we should be concerned about? Obviously, throwing this over the air may, uh, I, I have some, I guess, kind of get you know, a little, I don't know, a little weary of something like that. You think they're they're in, introducing this in a way that's going to, to be without problems? I'm thinking of things like rain. You know, is rain going to be a factor in it or, uh, you know, growth on trees? I know you've used wireless backhauls in the past. Any, uh, any Anything that, that we should be concerned about or you think this is this is a pretty good plan for them? No, it's a good plan for them. They won't have to worry about those things. Uh, environment factors, th- these use such high uh, frequencies that environment really won't uh, affect these too much. Uh, leaves on trees, I suppose, could. 
but they they will they'll actually be able to see that based on the uh the rf signals the 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 uh, gain and power uh, reception will show up in their automated tools that will monitor the connections between the radios. So they'll be able to see that happening and, and actually go physically look to see what's going on. Okay. All right. Well, uh, good news there for, for them. Obviously, we, they needed to do something to get up the speeds that they would need to get you know a potential 4 megabit or so connection with the WiMAX. So it makes a lot of sense and uh, looking forward to seeing some of that implemented in those test markets, hopefully by the end of the year. Well, the mobile cellular industry or the mobile industry is uh, giving the circuit switched traffic uh, side of things a new lease on life, or at least uh, an extended lease on life. And Joey, this story here comes from the PC world, and you brought it to us here. Uh, Industry organization GSM Association uh, completed trials of uh, protocols that allow uh, circuit-switched mobile traffic over core networks based on the internet protocol. Uh, but what this story really is talking about is that circuit switch, circuit-switched voice networks are still what is being used. And uh, Joey, you, you explained this really well, and I think I'd, um, I'd like to hear you say it again be- to explain to everyone what circuit-switched means over uh, packet-switched and all that good stuff. Well, you know, traditionally, you know, phone lines, landlines were always actually a, a, an actual physical connection, in a, you know, 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago, where you actually had a, a physical connection to the person you were talking to with those two wires based on switches in the central offices. Uh, in in uh, the past 15, 20 years, things have changed digital, but you still have basically a digital connection to the other person you're talking to. So you have a dedicated line. Um, in more recent years, uh, obviously with voice over IP being kind of the, the, the primary leader in this, uh, your voice calls aren't really a dedicated circuit anymore. You don't have a direct you know, connection to this person. Your packet of voice, your little, little blip of your voice has got a little address on it and says, I need to be delivered to this IP address or this system, and it tries to get over there, and it may not get there. Um, but since it's a small little packet, it doesn't matter. It'll just show up as a little blip when, if it's missing. So, uh, what this does is just, it's a tremendous cost savings because you don't have to, to create a dedicated connection. Everybody can use and share the same pipe and basically then the packets just go their merry way and get uh, routed with the routers to the right address. So it's a much cheaper, much, much more modern way of actually handling traffic, but cell phones still use you know, since you're still making a phone call and they're really designed to be a you know telephone, they are still running on a, a circuit-based style network. But this particular uh, story here is talking about how they're they're making it possible to take all these circuit switch traffic, dump them into a to SIP, which is a voice over IP style, and then move it through probably a a large backhaul in their system, and then you know demux it back out once it gets to another end. So it's kind of an interesting interesting way to look at how, how the, the, the industry is kind of changing with, with the voice over IP coming onto the scene. Absolutely. And uh, I appreciate, and I'm sure all the listeners appreciate the, the, the little history lesson on, on the, the, the differences between circuit and packet uh, switching, because that's, that's something I know a lot, of, a lot of times kind of gets overlooked and a lot of people don't know about. So uh, that's great. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, talking about a new cell phone tax uh, bill has been proposed 
um, a tax holiday uh, for future wireless providers. And uh, this is by Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon and Olympia Snow of Maine introduced legislation to impose a five-year moratorium on new or increased wireless taxes. Granted, this is still a proposal, so nothing has, has been set yet, but there's basically their comment is that Americans are getting very, hit very hard with the rising costs for gas, health care, and even food that needs to go uh you know, it back into their uh, to keep their themselves afloat, and so keeping the telecom infrastructure uh, cutting edge and our economy moving will be uh, is is needed. Uh, but they want to keep the taxes down. Um, so anyway, that was uh, something that we should look forward to. Hopefully, uh, passing at least as far as on the consumer side. That's something that would be nice to see. Um, not not having taxes increase in the in the next couple of years. But you need to. But there's still a way. They still have to pay for some of this stuff. So I, you know, having a, a tax break. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a strange way to to save money. And and to me, it almost sounds like a ploy for these uh, particular senators to just kind of get their names in the news, saying we're going to save you some money here. But I don't know. I mean, these taxes are kind of on here for a reason sometimes. And these weird holidays they've been proposing here lately, the one with the the gases. I mean, you still have to. You still have to pay for these things, so I, I, I don't know if these actually are very good for the consumer. I, I think these kind of things actually do create all this paperwork. You'd have to turn, you'd have to stop it collecting taxes, then you have to restart again. I don't know. That's just my take on it. All right. Well, you know, I think uh, I'm always for you know if the if the if the tax is needed, I, I'm completely okay with that. But um, if it's if they're raising it just for the sake of raising it, then I don't know. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and I have to agree that the 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 percentages that we're paying in fees and services taxes on cell phones right now are it, it's it's really high. Yeah, keep in mind this is, we're not talking about completely getting rid of cell phone taxes. It's just stopping increases is what this bill is basically proposing. So okay, yeah. So keep that in mind. Well, uh, of course, everyone knows that uh, August 8th, uh, coming up here very quickly, August 8th, 2008, will be the start of the Olympics, Summer Olympics, over in Beijing, China. And one of the biggest trials that will be happening there is the use of their domestic 3G wireless network for the 18,000 staff members and journalists that will be there for the games. Uh, Samsung is supplying handsets that will be keeping the Olympic officials connected throughout the competition. They are an Olympic sponsor for wireless communications, and its role uh, has been um, began in 1998 and will be extended throughout uh, 2016. The interesting thing about this is that the technology used for China's domestic 3G network is something known as time division synchronous code division multiple access. Uh, short is TD-SCDMA. Uh, China Mobile is providing the service, and it will be available in all of the Olympic cities except for Hong Kong, and uh, will be... Uh, the commercial 3G service is not available, uh, is still not available in China, and the STD-SCDMA is only seen in trials in various cities throughout the country. But they say they're saying that they will have that service available uh, for the Olympic uh, Olympic goers. So pretty neat there. Yeah, it's a whole new network here. Uh, according to Wikipedia, I have to give my source here. It says that they're creating their own uh, home network that uh, gets around a lot of the patent licensing issues that you have to pay with some of the other uh, network technologies out there. But I thought some of the one of the interesting things is the network itself is going to be using a uh, time uh, duplex 
time division duplex system instead of a uh, instead of kind of like the full duplex that we have in some of our phone systems here in the U.S. So it, it'll actually save them uh, bandwidth uh, by emulating full duplex over what would be more like a half duplex one at a time style uh, data data capacity there. So it's kind of a kind of an interesting system here that they've got going. We'll see. How many phones will uh, have out for China? Um, I wonder if this will affect the handset availability because this will be the a unique system out there. Hmm. Okay. Well, this is uh, obviously something that that will probably get um, some coverage, at least on the tech front, as uh, they see eighteen thousand people jump onto this network um, all at once for this uh, for the Olympics, and uh, so we'll be able to we'll be able to hopefully talk about it a little bit more as we get into that uh, coming up in uh, early August. Well, Ericsson has uh, announced in a conglomeration with Three Italia successful three Italia successful trials of an enhanced HSPA technology that allows for upload speeds of 5.8 megabits per second under optimal conditions. It also reduces the latency and speeds up interaction with mobile web-based content. The two companies were able to reach these speeds using three Italia's commercial network and increasing the uplink capabilities of cellular data networks allows obviously uh, the user to send things such as email and files much faster uh, than previously. Well, Sony Ericsson has announced that their net profits took a dive of 97% and that they're looking to cut about 2,000 jobs around the globe. Of course, Sony Ericsson isn't the only uh, manufacturer that's seeing some losses. We talked a few weeks ago about Motorola's troubles, and hopefully they will be able to do what they need to do to get themselves back on the positive. Rural operators throughout the country have petitioned the FCC to reinstate a cap on how much spectrum any one wireless provider can hold in a single market. Uh, The cap uh, that we're talking about has to do with the amount of spectrum that a particular provider owns. Introduced in the mid-90s and being being reviewed several times since, the FCC uses a 95 megahertz screen to judge mergers. The Uh, Rural Telecommunications Group wants the FCC to block any carrier from holding more than 110 megahertz of spectrum in a single market uh, because of fears of the growing monopolies of AT&T Mobility and Verizon Wireless, each of which won certain uh, amounts of spectrum in the 700 megahertz auction that we had this past spring. So look for more on this, and obviously some big things I think could happen with uh, the merger of potential uh, Altel, uh, I think is one of the things I was thinking of here, because um, obviously that would give uh, Verizon just huge amounts of uh, spectrum in certain markets, and they may be required to divest if they weren't able to uh, to meet uh, FCC guidelines if those were changed. Okay, some devices here today. First off, the uh, three manufacturer uh, has uh, manufacturer three has developed a Skype phone, and this is past FCC uh, the FCC this week. It's going to be called the IM two, and it allows for uh, Skype calling over the HSDPA network. Features a brushed metal backing, three point two megapixel camera. And uh, looks like it will be an, a nice thing for, for folks that are looking to make a lot of Skype calls. And Joey, I know you've got people that you work with that travel overseas a lot. What would you think of something like this for them if they were able to, uh, to make calls over the 3G networks and uh, do it all over Skype? Well, especially for making uh, long-distance phone calls to, uh, to any part of the world. That's, you know, what is it, one or two cents a minute? Uh, it's extremely uh, reasonably priced for uh, Skype. 
would be even greater if you could get uh, a, a cheap HSDPA connection while they're then traveling in those countries to make calls back to the U.S. as well. So mm-hmm. it, uh, that would be probably not as uh, inexpensive, but it's still probably possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep that in mind uh, that, yeah, you're going to pay roaming rates when you're roaming on uh, other countries' 3G networks. But nonetheless, you could still you could still do it. I mean, that's the good thing is that you could you could still make calls over Skype and save some money that way. Well, the first North American Open Moco free runners have arrived. Um, they started shipping last week, and it appears that uh, certain people are getting them and uh, having problems with 3G networks, including AT&T. Um, uh, this person who wrote this story from Slashdot said that two out of three at and Two out of three AT&T SIM cards that they tried worked. Um, so certain issues still being experienced with that. Um, but uh, if you're interested in uh, in this particular device, like we, we've talked about over the last few shows, uh, a great device for, for folks that are looking to do uh, different programming on an open platform, um, this, is, this is something that you can pick up. And it is available and it is shipping. Uh, the T-Mobile Sidekick uh, launch or is launching on July 30th, and this new one is called the Sidekick 2008. We briefly mentioned it last week, and we've got a date to put with it now. It's obviously a quad-band device on the T-Mobile network, 2-megapixel camera with the 2.6W QVGA screen, uh, allows uh, for voice or video recording and stereo 82DP Bluetooth music listening, uh, called the Sidekick 2008, available July 30th. Well, the HTC Diamond has been a very popular device. A lot of people have, uh, have, well, let's just put it this way, been very impressed with its size and whether or not you like the way that it function is, functions is very debatable. That being said, they're taking the Diamond out of the Diamond. HTC has created a new device called the Victor, and it is very similar in uh, spec. And in fact, I believe it's identical in spec to the current uh, Diamond. Uh, this particular model has much more rounded corners, which would be uh, very nice to see uh, the, the diamond has very sharp edges on it and uh, something I wish that I would like to see here in the Victor. Uh, and also looks like they're obviously smoothing out the back. So it's a little bit better if you want to set it on the table. It doesn't kind of rock around as much. It's it's not very stable on a table. What were you going to say, Joey? Yeah, sh- I was just going to say sharp corners. That, that, that doesn't make that much sense, especially when you drop the device. That Those those you know sharp corners actually create a, a point where when you when they impact it'll have a much greater tendency to break the plastic at, at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, the, the Victor here, uh, yeah, they got those rounded corners. So when you drop it, you're, you're not going to break corners as much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the Samsung i900 Omnia. Uh, this is one that we chatted about uh, as well in the past and looks like it is coming to uh, the UK available August 18th. This news comes from Mobile Tech Addicts. If you're looking for information about the uh, the wireless world in and through the eyes of someone who lives in the UK, uh, Mobile Tech Addicts is a great site to find that information on. Uh, full details uh, include uh, obviously quad band, uh, GSM, uh, tri band, HSDPA, uh, full touch screen on it, running Windows Mobile 6.1, 624 megahertz processor in it with uh, 16 gigabytes available with a micro SD card in it and uh, Wi-Fi, and looks like uh, GPS as well. So looks like a pretty decent, uh, 
pretty decent looking device there. I think that uh, for someone who's looking for its full touchscreen Windows mobile device, this is going to be a great, a great one. So, um, in fact, you know what? I don't think it has GPS in it. I'm sorry about that. Um, just verifying that I don't see the GPS in there. But I actually I do see. Do it. It you? says built-in GPS receiver. Yep, right above Java. And it's got FM radio with RDS, which is kind of neat. And it plays uh, DivX files, uh, XVID files, MPEG-4s. And a five... Pretty amazing. Five-megapixel camera, too. So... Wow. Yep. That... And then Samsung, I usually like their devices. So it kind of looks like you're, uh, the instinct you had there, but just wider. Yeah, a little bit wider and um, Windows Mobile. So there you go. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's go to the next one here. The Samsung SCHI 760. There's a mouthful. This is the Windows Mobile 6 slider device on Verizon. Uh, that is, um, has got the full uh, QWERTY keyboard that slides out with a 12-key keypad on the front of it. This device is sold for $300 uh, through Verizon, and it just got its Windows Mobile 6.1 upgrade. Uh, so if you're interested in getting it, you can, uh, you can pick that up. And uh, if you don't have it, you can click through to this. If, if it doesn't have the 6.1 yet on it, uh, which it should, um, you can click through to this link and, and upgrade it. But the things that it, it upgrades, obviously, gives you the new operating system. Po- some of the popular features include threaded SMS, domain enrollment, and Vista-type looks. It applies several Bluetooth improvements, adds support for YouTube videos, fixes memory leakage problems, notification malfunctions, certain conditions uh, that prevented delivery of MMS messages, and it added a uh, WLAN chip enhancement. Uh, I don't really know what that means other than maybe some 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 better uh, support for the Wi-Fi that's in it. But um, anyway, so it looks like that's a that's a pretty good upgrade for those that are on the Verizon network. The i760 has a Windows Mobile 6.1 upgrade. And Joey, the day that you have been waiting for, the Sprint Moguls update is finally officially released. Windows Mobile 6.1 for the Mogul adding Sprint TV. This came out at the end of last week. And if I had to guess, you probably have not done this upgrade yet, though, have you? <laughs> It's it's actually the downloads becoming uh, it, it's kind of available and not available. It sounds like it's kind of patchy right now, and it it it, it got jumped the gun here a little bit, I guess. Uh, somebody's watching the site and posted it, but it's supposedly not going to be uh, out on until Monday. Right now, it's not available on their site, but uh, it's it's coming and going. So it's it's really soon. Uh, that that's all I can say. All right. Well, here's the things that it upgrades. Obviously, 6.1 gives you that operating system. Adds Sprint TV. It adds also enhancements from the previous software upgrades, including EVDO Reve functionality, uh, enhanced or advanced GPS functionality, including Sprint navigation. And it adds a task manager to the Today screen for easier access and management of running programs. So that's pretty neat. So good to see that. Hopefully, that will be, uh, it's like on and off. I, I see that, what you're talking about. It looks like people are, um, you know, it's intermittently displaying. They're hiding the official link, but, uh, you know, there's a direct download link here that uh, I can, that I will provide in the show notes here. It's the WMExperts.com uh, link here under Sprint Mogul 6.1, um, and it allows you to go directly to uh, this <laughs> IP address that allow you to download it. So the shipping ROM, so it should be, should be fine. Uh, also in software, the Opera Mobile 9.5 Beta 1 has been released. I've been been able to test out the the 9.5 on the um, on the Diamond that I had. It came uh, built into that device as as the browser. 
And it's for someone looking for a full web browser experience in their phone. This is going to be definitely something that you want to check out. And it is available for download uh, from the Opera site. Uh, next here, the uh, well, let's see here. Uh, the Diamond ROM that came with the official Diamond that was sent to the Europe and Asian markets was a tri-band ROM only for the edge connection. So that meant it had 900, 1800, and 1900 megahertz support only. Well, someone over at XDA Developers and uh, has has put out a new radio ROM that enables the use of the 850 band. I find this very interesting because it's a little silly that they would supply this device to different places around the world and not have this uh, this band built in. Granted, it wasn't for the U.S. market, and I'm sure there had something to do with uh, maybe roaming partners or something that uh, that just they that for whatever reason they couldn't do it. Um, but if you want to put on this hacked radio ROM, you can do so, and it will unlock the edge. 850 band, so don't be looking for any 3G support quite yet. Uh, there is some joking going on in this thread that says that maybe the next one that will come out will be a, a ROM that will unlock that uh, uh, you know that 3G band, but I see that as being a little bit uh, less unlikely because um, I, I think they just put in that 21 megahertz 3G chip in there versus the quad band chip. So they this was a software that's obviously a hardware limitation. But I could be wrong, and, and we may see it. But uh, nonetheless, I, I find it uh, find it quite comical that they're able to do that. Um, I don't have any need to do it here in Arizona. I could have used it last weekend while I was in California, but this came out this week, so didn't get a chance. But for those that are in 850 areas with AT and T, and you want to use AT and T, uh, this would be something that you'd be looking for. And uh, lastly here in uh, the the software side, the Samsung Blackjack 2 will soon be available in AT&T in possibly pink or blue. Uh, A simple way to upgrade the phone, uh, basically nothing more than a color change. The hardware stays the same. The software stays the same. Just a color change, that's all. But if you're interested in in being a little bit more, uh, I don't know, unique, in your Blackjack 2, you can get a blue or a pink model. Uh, looks like these will be out uh, sometime soon. Not quite yet. No one knows, but uh, we'll see. Questions and comments today, Joey. First one is a question from Joseph. He says, just wondered um, if you throw this one by Joey in one of your programs. What do the majority of people who get a mobile phone want when they get a device? Are people mostly going uh, getting a mobile device to use for voice uh, or for other things such as data and web use? I'm still of the opinion that people are still getting mobile devices primarily to use for mobile voice rather than other computer-like functions. So let's start out, Joey. What do you think? Why do people, for the majority, uh, why do they buy phones? I think I, I think the uh, I think Joseph's right. I think a majority of the people are buying them just so they can make phone calls. Nothing more, nothing less. That's all they want. I mean, they probably barely care that it has a phone book. So I, I think that makes up. My guess would be, uh, you know, large majority, fifty percent, maybe more. Um, I think there's another group that wants a phone um, similar to the few people that I know. They want a phone that can text message as well as make phone calls. Uh, if it has a slide-out QWERTY keypad, oh, great. Makes it even easier. Um, they could care less that it has applications you can download or install or anything else or a web browser, just text messages. Um, I think then there's a small group that wants to be able to browse the web on their phone, maybe see some sports scores. 
um, but really don't care about any other installed applications. Uh, and basically, that'd be kind of your almost smartphone, which is kind of what they're targeting the Centro for and a few others. But then, of course, there's this another group, uh, business users, uh, power users who want a full-fledged smartphone like a BlackBerry, Palm OS, so like a Centro or a Trio, or you know maybe an iPhone. That's kind of a that's kind of a gray area in there, um, or, or a Windows Mobile. Mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a story here that I wanted to briefly tell. the The, the question is is kind of timely. I was talking with one of my coworkers on on Friday about what they would be looking for in a phone. Um, and, and why they buy the phones that they buy. And he, he was holding, I think it was the Nokia 6016, if I remember correctly. And if that's the flip phone, I think that's the right one. Um, he, was, he, he was looking at it and we were talking about, he's like, I, I really need to get a new phone soon. And soon to him means like within the next year. I mean, it, you know, I say I need to get a new phone and I get a new phone like, you know, tomorrow. And, and he was saying, you know, I said, well, what, what would you look for in a device? And he said, well, you know, I, I need to make calls, obviously. And I said, what about text messaging? He's like, yeah, that's, that's good. He's like, I like to take pictures, though. I, I like to have the pictures, you know, taking pictures and I can send them to different people. So I think, a lot, you know, certain people will, will look at that as a functionality, too. And I said, well, what about email? And he's like, I, I have a computer. What do I need email? <laughs> you know, it's one of those. It's just not something that a lot of people. So we kind of you know it's it's great to have those conversations sometimes because i think people forget how how uh how entrenched we are and how necessarily uh you know geeky we are and that's not a bad thing um just in and how much we love phones and how much we we like to to do as much as we can with them um but to keep in mind you know as joseph brings up whether you know what are the average what's the average person doing and that's making a call um, so something like having rollover minutes is much more important to them than having, you know, a data connection on their device. So anyway, absolutely. Yeah. That's my thought on it, Joseph. Uh, I think most people just like calling. Okay. Next one here. Voicemail from Ryan. Hey guys, this is Ryan. Just had a question about the new uh, 3G iPhone. Um, I'm wondering about the Bluetooth capabilities of the phone. Uh, what, uh, what can you do and what can't you do with the, uh, with the Bluetooth? As far as uh, can you sync your calendars and um, sync everything over Bluetooth, or is it just strictly for um, a Bluetooth headset uh, device? Um, anyways, thanks for the show. Bye. Thanks very much for the voicemail, Ryan. Bluetooth on the iPhone 3G, unfortunately, is limited to headset pairing only. At this point, there's not a whole lot else you can do with it, and they have not opened it up to allow for any sort of calendar sync like you mentioned. So that's it, Bluetooth headsets, and uh, that's what you get to do with it. Next one, comment from Eric. He says, I thought this may be an interesting read after a listener comment this week uh, regarding OpenMoco. I can say at a few, that a few people here at work were interested in this a couple of years ago. Now they're all interested in the iPhone 2.0 firmware. I really like the idea of being able to make my own build. If finally I can get snakes off my device, I'm kidding. There are no snakes on my E51. <laughs> anyway, so he linked to a LinuxDevices.com article here where it talks up to the, uh, the, the Freerunners device and how it, it lives up to its completely open source, hackable hardware platform um, that allows you to really do whatever you want with it. So uh, a neat little article that he sent over. So if you're interested in reading that, I've got a link for you in the show notes, of course. 
Next one is a question from Bobolito. This was uh, from the Wireless Advisor forums. He says, I'd like to hear your comments uh, about this article in the next podcast. The article is from MacRumors.com. The subject is AT&T's 3G network struggling to keep up. And he's, uh, the article says posters over at Howard Forums are reporting slower than expected AT&T 3G connectivity in several markets across the country. Observations have been made on a variety of 3G-enabled devices. The 3G network provided by AT&T is said to offer download speeds of up to 1.4 megabits per second, and recent customer testing has seen fluctuating speeds as low as 200 kilobits per second, even in areas that had solid 3G coverage in the past. Well, I did my own test here, and granted, I'm in my own little world here, of course, in in Phoenix, Arizona, in the suburb of Cave Creek, so I'm going off of one specific tower, and in my test, I was actually getting faster speeds with my uh, iPhone 3G than I had with my Trio 750. With the 750, I typically saw speeds somewhere in the high 600s, low 700s, if I was really, really lucky as far as uh, speed tests. And uh, ones that I was doing today, I was getting in the uh, low to mid 800s. In fact, I did post a, a picture of it, um, and I was I was relatively happy uh, with, with those speeds. And so... I would say that uh, it really comes down to, you know, where you are. I mean, Joey, this is so subjective, you know? Oh, it is. And there's no guarantees from anybody. Like they say, you get up to 1.4 megabits. And anything below that is acceptable, including one meg. You know, one one bit per second is still a, a network connection. And, and they won't really give you anything for it unless you're uh, uh, getting zero. But um, I, I think uh, there probably are growing pains definitely on towers and in areas that don't have very good backhauls if they've got just a t1 line to go into one tower and there's a whole bunch of people on there you're gonna see horrible speeds and uh, unfortunately it's going to take them time to build out their network again uh for the the latest batch of people who have 3g iphones because this is going to be a, a a probably a big um strain on their system in certain areas for sure so uh, unfortunately you're going to be kind of stuck with those speeds um uh, kind of more, more it's it'll be more of a throughput thing where if you're downloading mp3 or downloading whatever it the overall speed will be lower than what you'd probably expect to see before uh your burst speeds will probably still be you know 1.4 megabit depending on what's going on in the the area you're at but uh still unfortunately that's going to be kind of what you're stuck with yeah, uh, 864 was was mine, and uh, so I, you know, hey, it it's one of those things. It, it's very subjective. Wherever you are, you know, maybe your speeds are good, maybe they're not good, but yes, growing pains for sure. Comments here from Matt. He says, "Hey, on episode 110, I'm playing catch up because my old um, because my iPod is broken." Well, Matt. I've got a Zoom 4 gigabyte here for you, so if you're interested, make sure you head over to thecellphonejunkie.com. Show number 112's post. Comment in the show notes here. I can get you a Zoom if you're the uh, winner here. Uh, tell, you, tell us why you need it. Anyway, you, you said you fielded a question about the proper way to dispose of your outdated cell phone. Apple also has a free service where they will mail you an envelope and you can send them your old cell phone for recycling. It's apple.com slash environment slash recycling slash iPod recycling. Uh, so you could, I guess, send in any phone to them. I'm sure they'd be happy to uh, happy to take it. I also wanted to mention that along with Matt's comment, I found yet another service this week. And uh, I have to credit Sprint for this one because they included a bag inside the box that they sent me for the Samsung Instinct that I reviewed, which is for a program called Cell Phones for Soldiers, found at cellphonesforsoldiers.com. 
And these bags, uh, I guess, are allow you to, uh, for no postage necessary, put a phone in it, and uh, more details at the site. But they are for self, uh, for soldiers, hopefully, to uh, make calls back home using these phones uh, that have been recycled. So um, anyway, there's there's yet another option. So a lot of great options. The bottom line is we've we've talked about now what probably four of them here now on the show over the last three weeks. Just make sure you are not throwing your phone away. That's the biggest thing. There are certainly people who can use these, and so make sure that you're help, helping people uh, with with technology that you are no longer using. Uh, Matt also says, most uh, also most cell phone carriers in the U.S. do the same thing. T-Mobile sent me an envelope to mail in my old cell phone with my new cell phone. Uh, Matt from New Jersey. So anyway, thanks, Matt. I certainly appreciate that. Next here, a voicemail from Josh. Hey, Mickey, this is Josh. Um, I was just calling because um, I've got a question about T-Mobile um, text messaging rates increase. Uh, my wife is on T-Mobile right now, and, of course, looking to switch to T-Mobile to AT&T to get the, uh, the new iPhone. But the messaging rate increase is going up 20 cents per message. We currently have 1,000 messages on the account, and we, we've never gone over. Um, but I'm just looking at the uh, terms and conditions online, and it is um, if we materially modify these terms and conditions in a way that is materially adverse to you, or if a change increases your set monthly recurring charges um, that you've agreed upon, that we will provide you with at least 30 days' notice, and you may terminate your service without an early termination fee. Well, I called into T-Mobile, and they're telling me that um, I, that if in the last few months if I have not gone over then I cannot be eligible to get out of the contract without paying the ETF. So I'm just wondering what's their basis for that. I called in to, to the corporate office to try and see where they're coming up with a three-month number from, um, just because the, the contract I have says nothing about three months. Um, so that'd be great if you could give me an answer on that one. And iPhone 3G is great. Thanks, Bill. Well, Josh, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but um, it sounds like you have unfortunately spoken with someone who is is going to do anything that they can to try and keep you from breaking your contract for um, for that twenty cent per message SMS fee uh, increase to that. So um, what I would tell you, and Joey, I need to get your thoughts on this as well, is to be persistent. Um, the article that I'm going to link to for this story comes from the Consumerist and talks about how people have been able to get out of their contract with uh, this early termination or without an early termination fee because of this SMS increase. It also links back to a tmonews.com article uh, and then, of course, to some forums over at Slick Deals where they're talking about people having success with it as well. Um, but, Joey, what do you think? I would say just be persistent. Well, I, that's about the only thing you can do, unfortunately, or try to uh, escalate the issue to, uh, you know, escalate it to somebody else. Uh, Consumerist usually has lists of uh, executives you could even try calling as well. Um, yeah, I know they, they, they're trying to pull that off, but you have a plan for SMS. But really, if you decided to cancel that plan uh, for SMS at any time, then all of a sudden you'd be stuck with 20 cents per message that you did not sign up for when you signed your contract. Uh, I mean, you were signed up for whatever it was, 10 or 15 cents. And all of a sudden now, if you had to drop, you know, drop your SMS plan, you'd be paying that much more. So, I mean, that really did change the terms of your contract uh, when you did sign it. So, um, I mean, that, that, that's something they should, uh, they should really uh, honor. 
uh, breaking that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say if, if you can't get through to the first person, call back, try a couple of times, try escalating it. The, the, the key, though, is to be professional. Don't get nasty because you will get nowhere. <laughs> Just, you know, be very, you know, very straightforward, very, uh, you know, but very calm. Don't, you know, don't get, uh, you know, upset with the person because they're telling you no, because that's, that's not going to do anything good for you. Um, but if you're persistent, my guess is that you'll be able to do it. Uh, you did say that you have placed another call. Hopefully that uh, works out for you, but please keep us advised as to what happens because we'd love to hear uh, in the future if you were able to get out of it or not. And I'm sure the other listeners that are with T-Mobile that are looking to switch over to another network would like to know as well. Uh, finally, question from Ralph. He says, hi, I was playing with the uh, Trio 800W yesterday. It is really nice. Uh, have you heard anything when the GSM version will hit? Well, Ralph, we uh, the only information that I've really been able to find so far about the newer uh, GSM Trio, which it would be known as the 850, is the stuff that came out from the Boy Genius Report that we talked about a few, oh, it was about a month ago now, I guess. And this information, it basically said that uh, the existence of one uh, was there. But, I mean, that was it. There was there was no real spec information on it at this point. It did look a little bit different than the 800, so it looks like they're changing up the style a little bit even more if that, in fact, was something more than a demo model like an 850. Um, but nothing else besides that. Keep in mind how long it took to get from the Trio 700 to the Trio 750. Um, it did take a little bit of time, um, so keep that in mind when with that, and uh, obviously we'll be sure to report on it here um, as we find out more on it. Yeah, and I think we will see one soon uh, within the next couple of months. Uh, I think we'll see one. I don't know if it'll be out, but it'll definitely be announced here, and, and I think it'll be out within a few months, uh, a new GSM version of, you know, a new, a new GSM Windows mobile phone. Yep, and... Um, with that, Joey, that is the show for today. If you have any questions or comments, please be sure to send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or give us a call to our voicemail line, 206-203-3734. And, uh, of course, you can visit us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gt2697 or twitter.com slash strobeproby to get Joey. And just to remind everybody... Uh, the Zoom giveaway, thecellphonejunkie.com. Click on the show for uh, number 112 for this show and leave us a comment as to why you should be the winner before we record the show, which is uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time uh, next weekend, July 27th. And with that, Joey, have a good one. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.